It's FM104's Switched On. Geek Pride Day is celebrated on May 25th every single year. This international holiday promotes the culture, hobbies and interests of geeks worldwide. And I am pleased to say that I am joined by the editor of Geek Ireland, Miss Olivia Fahey, to tell me all about it. Olivia, hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm not too bad at all, I'm not too bad. So, I did not know that there was such a thing as Geek Pride Day. And I will hold my hands up and admit that I didn't up until about a year ago. So it's not something that has really reached our shores all that much, but it is definitely something that's getting bigger and better and I'm here for it. Yeah, so it's tomorrow. So what makes it different then from regular Pride? What makes it geek chic? So basically... It is the celebration of all things that are are geekdom. So um, for the geek community, because let's face it, you know, growing up, if you liked comic books or anything that was considered to be like part of the geek community, um, like you were pretty much bullied for that. So I think having a day to be like, hey, guess what? We're we're now the pop culture gurus. So <laughs> screw all of you. I am I am really down with that. Um, it turns out that the actual initiative started in Spain in 2006 and there was kind of like a something similar like a geek pride festival happening in New York the late 90s early noughties I want to say mm-hmm. um, but for what we're kind of like seeing now um, it actually originated in Spain um, it was something that kind of started more as like an online thing moved into the real world with communities sort of organizing events around it and then because of the internet, it kind of became a bit of a worldwide thing. And I think that's why more people are now noticing that this is this is actually a thing. And so every May 25th, we let to let our geek flag fly. Oh, it, it, you know, it's really, really interesting. And actually, for Geek Ireland as well, you were doing this really cool thing that's called Geek is Chic. Tell me a little bit about that, what you're doing. So essentially... Geeks come in all shapes and sizes and they look in different ways. Like you wouldn't be able to, you know, like the stereotypes of just look at a person and say, well, you're clearly a geek. Um, And that's kind of something that I really wanted to do, which is to kind of break down those stereotypes. Because even to this day, like you do, you still get people who are kind of like, oh, like geeks are just like nerds in glasses and they're in their parents' basement, like playing video games and all this. And I'm just like, excuse you, some of us are in the attic. (laughs) And <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. That was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because I'm in the attic. <laughs> but um, so I kind of wanted to showcase just how many different people who, you know, they'd be deemed pretty cool um, are also geeks. So geekdom is cool. Um, so we've had uh, Steve from Codeline. We've had Paul Ryder. Uh, we've had Elaine Crowley. And then tomorrow... Will I blow your mind? Will I tell you who we have for tomorrow? Go on, spoil me. Well, if there are any heavy metal fans listening, uh, we have Mastodon guitarist Bill Kelleher talking all things Star Wars and why he actually gave up collecting figurines because he used to have this massive collection of Star Wars merchandise. And we get to nerd out with him. Oh, you're not going to tell me why he gave it out. I'm going to have to log on to geekireland.com in the morning to find out. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I, I see Elaine Crowley has said Star Trek track star trek saved her sanity yeah so she is a massive star trek fan and to the point that she's actually become friends with a lot of the next generation cast uh, marina Sirtis for one 
um, and who I also love. Like Marina is absolutely gas crack. And uh, yeah, so she actually even did her, her dissertation for college on Star Trek, which I just found absolutely fascinating. And one thing that I didn't know about her is that she was so uh, big into gaming, but she became so obsessed that she had to like give it up because she was like setting alarms for Farmville. Like that's how serious things were oh, getting. Oh no, really? So, like, I have to go and uh, mow my lawn and stuff. She was like, it's growing too quickly. Set my alarm yeah. by it. Oh no. Don't go harvest those crops. <laughs> That's so funny. Is is there anything happening, kind of physically happening, or is it still kind of more online here? So in Ireland, it's definitely still more of an online thing. But of course, you know, being the the website that we are, we are hoping that maybe seeing how things go this year, maybe next year we'll be able to actually put a bit more of a footprint on it um, and do something in person in Ireland. Because I think it is such a great opportunity for people to get together and because Geek Ireland has always been community based like this is a a site by geeks for geeks um, and everybody else in between you know like even if you don't see yourself as being like notoriously geeky there might be pieces on there that might pique your interest so like Jamie Lee Curtis accidentally <laughs> making people think that Ryan Tuberty had died like that kind of thing <laughs> we also have on Geek Ireland purely because it's Jamie Lee Curtis like come on she's an icon of uh, of the horror genre so um, it's, we do have some of those like little crossovers and I think that the more that you kind of meet up with people who do also share like similar interests even if you don't see yourself as a geek, you might actually realize that oh, yeah, well, like it's not uh, it's not a bad label to have if you if you want the label or not kind of thing. It's just if you have an interest, here are the people where you can share that interest with, and I think that's that's really important. I would have absolutely no problem with describing myself as a geek, not one hundred percent. I, there's a few people who said that they were like a closet geek where like they may not talk about it a lot, but then when they stopped to think about it, they went, oh, actually, yeah, I am, actually, I am pretty geeky. Um, a yeah, few so other I people paint were, my uh, Warhammer figure here. I don't know, why am I talking yeah. geek? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Warhammer's really geeky, actually. That's a, that's a level that I haven't even reached. That Henry Cavill <laughs> is a giant Warhammer figurine. He has, he paints like figurines all over the place. He's a giant geek. He, oh, he um, yeah, he's like king of the nerds, is what we kind of say. <laughs> he, he is, he's like, and Superman is like, I suppose Clark Kent is kind of geeky, I suppose, but the actual Superman character itself is not geeky at all. And then, like, Henry Cavill playing him and then being the ultimate geek, and even being in The Witcher and going through scenes, being like, I'm sorry, guys, um, that's not that way in the book. Can we change it? You know, like, that stuff is amazing to me. Oh, yeah, he's like an encyclopedia for all things The Witcher, which was great. And I think because he has spoken about Warhammer so much now that it's almost given it, like, it's always had a pretty big stronghold um, within the community and things like that. But I think it's given it almost like a new lease of life because of that as well. Um, similar to, you know, like um, Stranger Things having such a big D&D reference to it. Um, like, that, that's made the game a, a, even more popular purely because it has so much more exposure these days. So more of these like little geeky things that sneak into pop culture that it's just going to help make more people aware that these things, you know, it's, again, it's not just for nerds in their basement, you know. It is actually fun. There's a reason why these things are popular. Do you think the commercial success of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, um, the D&D movie that just came out, do you think that annoys, like, the OG geeks? To a certain extent, I think so. Like, there, it's not... Years ago, like when I first started working with the Dublin Comic Con crew, um, 
there were some attendees who were still very much kind of like gatekeeping mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. community kind of thing. Um, but like nowadays, it's definitely more of like a everybody's welcome. Like everybody always was welcome. Um, but with nowadays, because it is just so much more like a bigger thing that there are less people who are trying to gatekeep it. So they are more open to there being like more things. And something that um, that actually Bill Kelleher touches on um, in tomorrow's article, he had to realize that, you know, certain things aren't being made for his age group because the things that he grew up loving as a kid, they were being targeted for kids and they still are. Like, for example, like the prequel trilogy for Star Wars, they are the Star Wars films for a generation because that's what they grew up knowing Star Wars to be. They may or may not have seen the originals before going to see those films. So to them, they are their Star Wars. Now, I know people who grew up on the, on the original trilogy, they're going, how, oh, my God, those poor children. Like, how could they grow up thinking that that was the level of Star Wars? But they didn't know any better. So that was just, to them, it was perfect. Because for kids, yeah. you kind of see all these things and you go, oh, wow, pot racing, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> you know? So, so like we, have, a, we do have to remember what the target audience is as well. There's a TikTok trend where people, Star Wars fans, are showing, you know, new Star Wars fans the movies. And they start with The Phantom Menace. And, like, and <laughs> it, it's a struggle for me to watch these people get excited because I'm just going to be like, your mind is going to be blown when you get to three, four, or when you get to four, five, and six here. Because, like, you after sitting through, like, a C-SPAN special in the second movie of random Senate hearings, and I'm going, your poor life. Like, your poor life. I'm, I struggle for you, but it's about to get really, really, really good. But, you know, what's really interesting. I actually know some people who, like, again, they have not grown up watching Star Wars. So watching any of these films as an adult... They're either saying that even the sequel trilogy was some of their favorite films, or even the prequel trilogy were some of their favorite films, oh because oh they don't have Lord. that nostalgic connection. <laughs> I remember watching Star Wars with someone who was not a Star Wars fan, and and they're like, "So let me get this straight." They're after blowing up this massive planet-sized thing because when they were designing it, they left a hole that was pretty much like a soft spot on a newborn baby's head. And I just looked at them and went, um, yeah, um, if you go back and watch uh, Rogue One, uh, the plot hole is nicely sewn up in there. And I yeah. sent them off on their way. <laughs> they looked at me being like, Dude, that's like, it's true though. But that's one of my favorite Star thing. Wars movies, actually. It does give you like opportunities to kind of fill in the gaps uh, in a way be- with some of these. They're not even remakes. There's like little additions, little little sprinklings on on top of the icing um, of the films. And I think even with them, um, the like the Disney live action remakes, some things from those they're actually doing better than some of the original ones, like Beauty and the Beast, and actually even the Little Mermaid, which is coming out this weekend. Mm. They um. They've elaborated more on certain plot details that definitely would have been considered plot holes in the original animated version. So in that sense, I can see why there's justification for remakes. Live action remakes, I was getting a little bit tired of them, but you know, the, the, little, the little Mermaid reminded me why they are actually sometimes necessary, but also enjoyable. Yeah, well, we're, like, we're not going to go down the Little Mermaid route, but Flounder needs <laughs> we'll to be... We'll be here all night. <laughs> Flounder, Flounder needs to be redrawn and just puffed up a little bit or something, please. I, I'm looking at God, I, I know he looks like the actual fish, but can we, please, can we just... A little bit of plumpness in his cheeks, please. Just give me something, Disney. Something, please. <laughs> I didn't mind it. He looked like a fish. It's fine. The crab looks like a crab. It's fine. Like, get over it. It's fine. It's, it's not what I grew up with. Look, I sound like one of those people. 
go to the original people. Oh, See, now you're Lord. gatekeeping flounder. Like, I, know. <laughs> I also gatekept um, Sonic the Hedgehog, and that worked. They redrew him. Because, well, no, in fairness, you know, that did look awful. <laughs> that was bad. That was. We're going down a geek hall now, Olivia. This is exactly where we're going down now. If, we're talking about geek pride, so why not? <laughs> if, if you're celebrating geek pride tomorrow, you know, watch a geeky movie, read a comic book, play a game, who knows, whatever you're doing, if you're celebrating it on May 25th, have a good time. Olivia, where can people check out all the geek goodness from yourself? Uh, you can check us out at Geek Ireland on Twitter and Instagram, and we are geekireland.com for our website. Editor at geekireland.com, Olivia Fahey, thank you very much for joining me. No, thanks for having me on to talk about Geek Pride.